With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. show. <clears throat> I am your host, Mark Landing Crew Wheeler, and we have a show for you today, tonight, for your life. We are probably going to go through all hour and a half uh, for this show. Um, reason is, is because we're going to talk about the most versatile 24-7, 365 bait that we have in our arsenal, and that is the Wiley Spinner Bait. Um, we're going to break down the rods, the line, the reels, the bait itself. We're going to nitpick this till the point that it's going to die. Um, <laughs> um, and, and hopefully you can walk away from it with more knowledge because knowledge is power and power. It means that you can do amazing things. Um, so, <clears throat> ooh. We're going to get this thing cracking uh, here, here in a second. Uh, just like to – okay, he's back in. All right. Uh, say hello to the co-host of the Low Sodium Show, my buddy, Matt Yak Chum Trucks. What's going on, man? Hey, good evening, Mark. Good to be on the radio again. Uh, looking forward to this show. I actually have a uh, giveaway from my personal stash of garb. So um, we're going to be giving that away a little later in the show. I'm looking forward okay. to doing that. Um, that's going to be a Jackson Kayak koozie. Keep your uh, your soda cold. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, I know that we're going to uh, give away a uh, uh, two of my personal favorite spinner baits, my favorite colors, uh, thanks to HuntFishPaddle.com um, and their store in uh, uh, Lake Wiley, South Carolina. I'm going to donate two two of my favorite colored spinner baits to um, a listener for the show on the show tonight as well. So it's it's full of giveaways for tonight's show, and you nice. only get this if you listen live. 
and you participate right. either in the chat room or you call in. Remember, folks, you can always call in. The number is 714-816-4727. So we're going to break down real fast on on, um, on how we're going to do this, the show. We're going to start off with the basic gear. You're going to need to start spinnerbait fishing. Um, you know, the do's and don'ts, okay, of gear. And then we're going to break down the spinnerbait itself. Okay, why, why there's so many different styles and blades and everything. We're going to break that down. And then we're going to get into how to fish it. Because that is the number one question I get. How do I fish a spinnerbait? When do I fish it? You know, do the polar ice caps need to align? And, you know, the mother-in-law not nag you. I mean, that, that's literally the questions I get. Um, not the mother-in-law nagging thing. Uh, but, you know, how, when do I throw it? How do I throw it? What color should I use? You know, and I, and I hear a lot of guys that saying, you know, and and some famous guys as well. You know, it doesn't matter what color you throw with a spinnerbait as long as you're a truce. Well, yeah, that, that's a great color choice, but you know what? We're going to break that down even farther. Um, and be truthfully honest, y'all, <laughs> spinnerbaits are my, are, are my crutch. Um, I actually had to remove them from my tackle box because once I start throwing a spinnerbait, I don't stop. It's like a disease. Uh, it's like herpes. Okay, it's it just the gift that keeps on giving, and it just doesn't give enough. <laughs> um, and, and it's and it's a hard it's a hard thing for me to put down because I know how effective they are. I know they catch bass, uh, you know, and, and it's it's just one of those things um, that I just love throwing, and, and it's a covering water and really covering it well is is what a spinnerbait does best, but. Just like always, we're going to take a quick break, okay? And when we come right back, we're going to start breaking this stuff down. And you're listening live here to the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium-quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Do you love adventure? Do you love comfort? Do you love kayaking? Well, Jackson Kayak is here for you with their wide array of extremely comfortable whitewater kayaks. Safety is paramount as well. Ralph Vargas would not j- drop 100-some-odd feet on a waterfall if he didn't believe in his, in his stuff. You wouldn't see Jim Salmons out on the brand-new Kraken just tearing it up. You wouldn't see a lot of us out there fishing if we didn't have the comfort, style, and stability of the Jackson Kayak line. So get out there, check them out from our awesome, awesome Thermo Thermarest uh, back set and so much more. You cannot get better than a Jackson Kayak. So check them out. Go to jacksonkayak.com or your local dealer to check out the full line of Jackson Kayaks. Jackson Kayak. Don't need to say anything else than that.
are listening to The Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio with your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler. All right, and we are back. Oh, um, yeah, getting that funk on. Oh, yeah, getting that funk. Uh, you know, and, and with, with spinner baits, hey, Matt, you need to turn down your, your speaker, bud. I'm getting a lot of back feet. Um, but this segment is brought to you by HuntFishPaddle.com. Check out their online store, okay, because we've got something special for y'all. Go to HuntFishPaddle.com. They, you can buy all your stuff there. Or you can call them up, let them know, Spinnerbait10. That's the discount code for 10% off all of their spinnerbaits, okay? So if you buy 10 spinnerbaits, you get 10% off all those spinnerbaits after you listen to the show. Because I know you're going to go out and buy like 10 or 15 uh, uh, spinnerbaits thanks to uh, um, huntfishpaddle.com. And definitely check them out. Great prices, great people. And... Uh, uh, if, if they don't, if they, if you don't see it on their website, give them a call. Adam will be more than willing to uh, to handle you. All right, so let's get right to it. Spinnerbait fishing. All right. What you're gonna do is this with spinnerbaits. Okay, the rod, the line, the reel are just as important as the color and the shape of the blades and how you fish it. And that is my personal opinion. Okay, I see guys throwing a, a spinnerbait on spinning gear. No. <laughs> okay, the reason is, and we're going to get into that a little bit later, uh, on how you actually fish a spinnerbait correctly. And, and, and I'm very proficient at it. I've been around anglers that are spinnerbait kings. Kevin Van Dam. I spent 45 minutes talking to Kevin a couple of years ago just on spinnerbaits. Um, you know, you, you're definitely going to want to do that. Uh, uh, to listen, uh, I'm reading as I'm talking. I'm sorry, I can't keep two and two together. But you're gonna definitely want. Um, gosh darn it, Matt, quit posting stuff that I'm reading. <laughs> um, but the rod is extremely important. The line is important. The reel is important. Okay, casting gear is your your number one gift to spinnerbait fishing to helping yourself. Okay. And personally for me, it's a 7-2 seven, seven, uh, casting rod, okay, medium heavy, with a, uh, with a nice soft tip, okay, meaning you don't want a fast tip, okay, you want something s- a little slow in, in its reaction, okay. Only, you only want that reaction going down, down to about the f- first 18 inches. Okay, and then you want backbone. Bull Bay Rods has a great worm slash spinning rod uh, or spinnerbait rod. And actually, I highly recommend it, not for worms, but for spinning. It is an excellent spinning and also just crankbaits really well, too. Rod, okay, it casts really far, it's really forgiving, it's what you're looking for in, in a spinnerbait rod. Um,. And again, that's, that's where I'm going at. And if you look at that line, you want a, a rod that can run line between 10, 10 pounds and, and 15 or 20 pounds. Okay, that, that, that's, that's your, your, your limits. Um, and be able to handle up to three-quarters of an ounce okay, of weight. The reason is, 
is like we'll get into you know techniques and a little bit later in the show. <clears throat> but you want something with some that can handle some weight because you will be pulling that bait through the water um, and, and displacing a lot of water as well. You need something that can handle some weight. Um, you know, and, and we'll get into uh, how important that is and how that benefits a kayak angler more so than a boat angler. Um, and I'm coming from both sides. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. I got a lot of stuff going on. Um, so, you know, the rod, 7.2, medium heavy with a, a moderate tip, uh, you know, 15 to 20. And, you know, that, that's basically where I'm coming from. Uh, able to throw at least three uh, three quarters of an ounce. Usually you can find a rod that can go quarter to three quarter, have that half ounce gap, which is perfect. Next thing you're going to need is a reel. Personally for me, I am going to throw a 6.5 to 1 gear ratio reel. Um, I find that is the perfect speed. I can reel it real slow and really slow roll that big Colorado blade in the wintertime or at night. It just works really, really well. I can pick up the speed and really crank it so I can burn it over the surface. Or I can just do a nice moderate crank and just, and just use the rod tip to, to garner the, the placement of the bait in the water column. Okay? I can also use that reel. Okay, so when I'm throwing it in a deep cover, usually six five to one reels have enough torque, enough oomph in behind them, that when I'm in the thick cover... I can still winch them out, but I can also play them when they get next to the boat for like a spotted bass or a smallmouth when they want to bulldog you next to the boat. It'll it'll have that drag in there that you can you can work them as well. And usually six five to ones give you the most line capacity as well, <clears throat> um, except for your your higher gear ratios that are coming out now that have the really high density, uh, high, high capacity. <clears throat> Gosh darn it. <clears throat> ah, all right. Um, setups. The line I'm using. I am strictly using now uh, Sunline FC Sniper. Um, so my uses. Another great one is the Sunline Reaction. It's actually a fluorocarbon that has stretch in it. For spinner baits, because the way I fish them, I like using the Sniper um, or Shooter's good as well. Uh, very, very strong, really, really has a humongous abrasion resistance. Um, once it's wet, it has to be wet for it to be really abrasion resistant. Um, but once it, once you get that sucker in the water, they can wrap you around trees, um, you know, and, and so much more. You know, and I, I truly believe in them. Super strong. I use 14 pound. 14 is my go-to weight. For a lot of my techniques, um, that 14 pound is going to give you the thin diameter, okay? That I'm looking for. Really, they they can't see it. Also, what it's going to do is because it is so thin, it gives me a lot of line on the spool, which is very important for this because I make very long casts um, with a spinner bait. But it also helps keep that spinner bait running true. When a spinnerbait goes to the water, okay, when you use mono or braid, and it, what happens is the mono and braid float, and they'll actually make the spinnerbait sit a little hot, actually 
face a little higher up in the water column. Okay, it's it's a very subtle thing, and it's something I, I I've really looked at talking to some of the guys that are very good at it. Hackney, um, you know, talks about it all the time. Um, Kev, Kevin Van Dam, uh, Iconelli, um, shoot, Timmy Horton talked about it a little bit about using fluorocarbon because it sinks, gives you a straight one-on-one presentation allows that bait to actually run true to allow those blades to really give a true shad bait fish look. <coughs> um, very important. Okay. And, and trust me, I am all about throwing braid. I threw braid forever. And I used to put like a six-foot fluorocarbon leader on there. Problem is, is that if you start using micro-guides which a lot of us are going to. Or you start using, uh, you buy a new rod that has the micro guides, and you start doing that. When that line goes through those guides, it's smacking that knot every time. And I I am a very prolific knot tire. And you cannot prevent, you cannot make a knot small enough to go through those micro guides. Unless you're using a hollow core and you're doing, a, um, you know, a bunch of other stuff. To, to to make it almost seamless, it's really hard. Plus, by having all fluoro, you can cut and tie without having to retie a second knot. Um, so, you know, those are all things that I consider as well. Um, now, we've talked about the rod, the reel, and the line. Okay, let's start talking about the different spinnerbaits that are out there. And we'll, we'll talk about the most important piece of a whole spinner bait, okay? Or one of the more important pieces, and that's the blade. That's what everyone looks at. What are the blades? There are three main blade types. You can go to the event page on Facebook for this show, and you can see the post, okay, about those blades. There are three main types that I really pay attention to. Granted, there are hundreds of others. Uh, there's the the tomahawk, and then there's the stamped, and, but they have, they're all kind of based off of the three main blade types that that I know of that I use. You know the willow leaf. It's a very thin uh, uh, blade, meaning that it's it's super, usually long and thin. Okay, it doesn't have a humongous cup in, on it, meaning that the the bevel that is on the blade itself isn't really prominent. Okay, there is one, but it's not as, as, as defined as some of the other ones. This is a perfect blade for when you're trying to imitate thin shad, thin minnows, or when you're burning the bait fast because it doesn't make the bait rise. Okay, um, you know, the, the speed, uh, what is it, the, um, the rocket blades, I think they are, uh, from Booyah, um, or Strike King, I can't remember which one it is. Really long, thin blade, and it's meant for burning. Super fast presentation. Um, I'm checking my tackle box. Yeah, uh, or the Tommy is sorry. Um, you know, and, and that's usually the blades that I start off with because I'm usually working it pretty fast this time of the year. Next one up, okay, is the Colorado blade. Now your 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 basic Colorado blade is <laughs> your basic Colorado blade 
is big and round. Okay. Sorry, the mute button broke off the TV. Um, but it's usually, you know, looks like a pie, has a really defined bevel in it. <laughs> uh, you're 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 an ass. Um, has a really defined bevel. Okay, it, it's really bulbous. It's 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 chunky. Okay. Great thing about a Colorado blade is it pushes a lot of water. Really helps in muddy water or cold water. Okay, reason is, is because it makes the bait rise. It's pushing so much water, it creates an, uh, um, an aerodynamic effect to make the bait rise in the water column, which is good sometimes. Okay, but again, it's, that, it's, it's a great, great setup. And usually you see them much smaller as the, 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 the lead blade um, on most uh, spinner baits. You know, you see a Colorado willow leaf tandem. Um, usually, don't see a willow leaf, and then a Colorado. Uh, reason is, is it just doesn't work as well. Can you do it? Yes, um, but you usually don't see it as much. Um, then the third blade, it's called the Indiana or the Oklahoma. There's two different styles of of that blade. Um, but basically, what it is, it's a crossbreed between a willow leaf and a Colorado. And you usually tell what these ones are because they usually have a ridge running right down the middle, okay, a peak almost. I love Indiana blades, uh, especially in the fall. They give off a good amount of vibration. They also can be worked pretty quick, okay. They're usually, because they can be worked quick, they're perfect when their bass are pushing shad and those Baitfish are moving fast. It allows you to move and keep up with that bait to mimic that, that forage that the bass are feeding on to help you get things worked out, if that makes any sense. Um, but it's also great in, in, in muddy or, 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 or dirty water as it gives off a lot of that, that flash that you're looking for. It also gives off that uh, vibration you're looking for as well. It, it's a solid, solid, solid setup. Um, and really can be a lot of fun, uh, you know, interchanging those blades. And we'll get into that in one second, and we'll be right back. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Full Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality, period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foregrip, made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Full Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Full Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. Alright y'all, you know one of my favorite techniques, especially this time of year in the summer doldrums, is a shaky head. And Tommy Head Jigs has the premier shaky head out in the market. With its stand-up design, 60 degree eye, and 100% mustache strength and durability, jig head, you tie one on, you put a good trailer on it, a good uh, soft plastic on there, and you will catch more and bigger bass. 
So get out there, throw on a Tommy head, pick up a pack. I know the last few days, get on it, y'all. Get to TommyHeadJigs.com right now. Order yourself two packs, okay, of the watermelon color. You get one pack free, okay? So do like I do. Buy bulk. (laughs) Buy two of everything, of every size, and you'll be sold with a bunch of great Tommy Head Jigs. So go to TommyHeadJigs.com, check them out, pick up a pack, and let them know that you heard them here at the Low Sodium Show first. Kayak Fishing Radio presents The Low Sodium Show With your host, Mark the Landing Crew Wheeler Alright, and we're back Remember folks, this segment we're is brought back. to you by Yes, this segment is brought to you by HuntFishPaddle.com Remember your next purchase of any spinnerbait, you can receive 10% off by using the promo code SPINNERBAIT10. All right. There you go. Um, while we're just coming back here, I just want to give a shout-out to our live listeners in the chat room. We have Chris Carlisle, Chris Johnson, Tommy Head Jigs, and Yak Fisher Don. And uh, guests, you can log in to Blog Talk Radio using any type of social media and uh, come on in and chat with us, all right? Definitely. And and remember, guests, or anyone else for that matter, you can call in live um, and, and chat or ask questions. Number is 714-816-4727. Uh, please do not be stupid. Otherwise, we will know because we can see your number. And we will block you the next time you call. Uh, <laughs> uh, That's right. So we also have a few giveaways coming up tonight. Um, probably be doing that at the next intermission. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you didn't win yet, Tom. Uh, Matt's doing the dishes, apparently. Um, so let, let's break down, you know, interchanging blades and stuff like that. And, and the rest of the... The rest of the... Spinnerbait. Okay? And a few things people don't really pay enough attention to. The first one is the wire. That is the one thing that people just don't pay enough attention to, and it is so important to the whole spinnerbait. Um, and the reason is, is the wire is what gives the, is, is what vibrates and really creates the schooling sensation. Okay, this is something that was brought to my attention um by Shaw Grigsby at a seminar I was at, and he was talking about spinnerbaits, and he was asking folks, why do we use spinnerbaits that have two or more blades on it? Um, and everyone was kind of sitting there, well, you know, it gives a bigger flash, it does this and that. He goes, no, what it does is it creates a pulsing vibration in that wire, okay, which gives off the a larger bait school interpretation. It is basically the original uh, Caspel umbrella rig, if you want to think it like that. It gives off a larger school feel. So when you're in that muddy, murky, dirty nighttime water where it's hard, hard to see, 
will help that bass use his lateral line to feel out that bait. That's why you see some that have some crazy wire work done on them. Um, and and it's very it is vital that you have a good wire. Now, with that being said, there are some wires out there that are just so thin and so flexible that even when you work in the bait, it deforms it. Really sucks <laughs> um, because they're meant to be bent in a certain way that makes it hard. And I'm going to take a, a, a page out of out of one of the best spinnerbait fishermen as a kayak angler that I know of, um, and that's Chad Hoover. Chad can throw a spinnerbait like a champ. Um, uh, I, I don't know how many times we fished with him, and he, you know, butts out a spinnerbait and pull a three pounder um, pretty regularly. Um, and Chad is actually the guy who got me into spinnerbait fishing by giving me a box of spinnerbaits, old ones he had, and and uh, you know, really helped me, you know, raise my game in the spinnerbait level. Was he like, "Oh, here's a bunch of parts, put them together"? <laughs> no, he was like, he was just an old Plano uh, spinnerbait tackle holder and 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 it had like 15 different spinner baits in there granted most of them were rusted and and stuff like that which which helped um, we'll talk about that in a little bit you know me you know understand the blades and and how to work with them um but you know it helped me build that that confidence in that bait um you know and great thing about you know understanding the wire size and, and the different styles are out there. There's a, a titanium. There's a tungsten style. There's stainless. There's bronze. I've seen copper wire ones. I don't. I don't get into that as much. Um, but what I look for is a sprit. Is if I take it out of the package and I take the the. I put my thumb on the the jig head of the spinner bait. I put my my index finger on the. Uh, on the top of the wire, where the the top bait top uh, um, blade is, and I pinch it and I let go of it, and it springs back to where it needs to go. That's what I'm looking for because that's very important to the presentation. If I grab one and I do it and it's real slow, then I know with that style, I'm not going to work it as hard. I'm not going to work it as fast. That's probably going to be one I'm going to work on, you know, with on the winter time, where everything's a lot slower. When I'm really just slowly doing it. Um, and, and, you know, it, that's something very important. Also, the bend is very important. For me, I do not like, um, the, the, the style where it's actually like a little, where they bent it around and create a, a bubble almost on the end. Um, I don't like that style, personally for me. Uh, I find that it is... It's a pain, uh, and it really, really deadens the. It really deadens the uh, vibration. The one I do like, and I don't see it enough anymore. And it's the one that I do when I make my own, is the wire comes down and actually creates more of a spring look, and comes down. That spring really is is stellar. Um, the spring style just comes down, makes one loop, and comes back around. It doesn't allow the line to ride up the uh, the, the spinner bait like some will. 
Um, and when it's chomped on, it's already made into that spring, so it'll come back pretty much to where it's, it's set up. Now, the one tip is this that Chad taught me, is my spinnerbait box actually has Sharpied in it, um, the original bend of that spinnerbait. Okay? So when I get a bass, it just absolutely just you know, straightens out the wire like some will. I'll go in, and I just flip over my box. It's already right there. I know I'm using a um, uh, uh, a hog collar or war eagle or strike king or booyah spinnerbait, and I'll rebend it to that to to where it was originally set. And once I get it to that to to that set, I'll look at it again and and tune it. And tuning a spinnerbait with the wire is pretty simple. You just hold the the bait in your hand and look straight down the hook jig head. And that wire should be straight in line. Otherwise, it'll start rolling. You don't want that bait to roll. When a bait rolls like that, it makes bad, bad juju. Okay? Um, and you want that spinner bait to run true, straight up and down. So all you do is you just take that and just bend it back and forth. Just take the, the, the blade on the top and just push it to either side till you get it to, to where it's straight. Now that it's straight, now you're ready to rock and roll. Second thing that most people don't look at or, or really pay attention to on a spinner bait, which can really affect the performance of the bait, are the swivels. Okay, usually what you have are clevises, those little U-shaped pieces on that hold the, the first few blades, usually. Those you don't really have to worry about. What you have to worry about is that swivel. I carry extra ball-bearing swivels. Um, you need the ones with the split rings. Okay, and what you look for, I buy them in bulk. I buy tiny, tiny ball bearings, and I'm talking, oh man, I think it's like a number two size ball bearing, or even smaller than that. Um, the, the smaller, the better, uh, and the reason is, and I'm actually looking at my catalog here for swivels, um, and I buy all my extra blades and stuff like that from. Uh, uh, Jan's Netcraft, pretty cheap stuff, uh, really quality, a lot of different uh, things to look at as well. Um, but that that swivel, if it is rusted, if it's just not, if it's would, if it's uh, been clamped on or whatever, it won't allow that blade to spin. And that is really Barlow's, another great one. Uh, Barlow's has some great products as well. Uh, Jan's is actually the catalog I had sitting next to me. Um, let's see here what size. Um, yeah, it's not a hundred fifty. Um, it's like a size one. Um, swivel. Okay. The that that size one small. It's compact. And and I'll change out those 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 uh, swivels every so often if I, if I'm just not seeing it work. It's not like a buzz bait where you want it to squeak. You don't want extra. You just want a, a swivel that's going to let that sucker spin. Um, and then the last thing you need that people don't pay enough enough attention to is the jig head itself. Um, I found that you know a lot of small tackle guys um, out there. actually heat up their lead too hot 
when they pour and it actually damages the wire. When I grab a spinnerbait and I look at it, the first thing I do is I grab right at the jig head and I just kind of slightly give it some torque. If I feel that wire starting to give, and you, you know what I'm talking about, that feeling of something just not right, I put it back on the shelf. And that's why some of the, the better jig uh, buzz, um, spinnerbait companies out there have it down to a science. Um, hog collar, Booyah, uh, War Eagle, all of them. You know, you really need to be careful on what you're using. Because, you, you know, spinnerbaits catch big bass a lot of times. And you don't want to lose it just because it's a bad mold process. Um, and the hooks as well. You know, you look at the hook and match the hook to, your, to what you're doing. Uh, you know, I'm usually looking for a solid, heavy wire um, spinnerbait hook. The heavier, the better, because it is going to hold a trailer, uh, trailing hook. Um, and if they hook onto that trailer, I don't want that hook to bend out. That's uh, a bad, bad juju as well. So let's get into things that I, I really pay attention to uh, on that spinnerbait. Blades. We're going to start with the blades and how I modify them. We're going to start in the winter time. In the winter, okay. I am using a Colorado bladed spinnerbait. Usually it's a single Colorado, sometimes it's a double Colorado style. And I'm using a pie plate of a Colorado. Um, and we're talking big. If it's the size of, <clears throat> I'm talking like a size 7, a size 8 Colorado blade, which is pretty darn big. It's about uh, two and a half inches uh, in, in, in diameter. It's a big blade. I'm using a heavy wire, okay, um, uh, on it, okay, and I'm using a pretty stout he uh, jig head size, half ounce, three-quarter ounce, because again, Colorado blades will make that bait rise. <coughs> I don't want it to rise to the surface, because those bass are suspended. When I want to find those bass... I start off with this pretty simple setup. My first cast, that bait's going to sink to the bottom. And I'm going to slowly roll it along the bottom. I don't get a bite. I'm going to go, and I'm going to count, because I've, I've counted down to where it hit the bottom before. I'm going to go back, make another cast. So say it was a 10 count to hit the bottom. I'm going to give it an 8 count. Give it the same retrieve. Next one, 6 four, and so on. Okay? The whole time I'm reeling in, I'm burying my retrieve. We'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, and that's how I work it. And I'm trying to find stumps, logs around uh, docks, deep water docks, standing timber. Bass will, will associate to those places more during the winter time and use them as a barometer to their depth on how the, the water temps are, the thermoclines, things like that. Um, one thing that... One thing that I, 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 I really watch is the water temps. Also, I'll, ch I'll watch the aggressiveness of the bass. If I'm throwing that, that sucker and, I, and I'm, you know, it, it's, I'm running that Colorado almost near the surface and it just gets hammered, I know I can switch it up to a willow leaf style, okay, or an Indiana blade or Oklahoma, whichever one you want to use, and, and be able to work it 
you know, a little bit faster <clears throat> in that higher water column, drop down to, you know, a quarter ounce and work it along that, that, that area because they're active. For whatever reason, you know, let's say there's a <clears> – <throat> you don't know it. You've never fished that lake before, and maybe there's an upwelling of, of warmer gra- uh, uh, well water, which will happen in some places. Um, you know, they're, they're stellar like that. You know, that, that could be the warm water discharge that, you, you know, you can run that bait a little faster. Once that water temp hits 50 degrees, <clears throat> I switch up. I take the Colorado off, and I'll use a half-ounce, three-quarter again. And a lot of times, it's the same um, same spinnerbait I've been using. I'll remove that Colorado, and I'll put a big willow leaf on we're talking a size six, a size seven um, blade on there, and really start looking for that emergent vegetation. Fifty degrees is usually where you start to see it start to come out, but you'll, what's happening is those bass are moving up to the to the channel swings. They're moving up to the the edges of those, those flats where they're feeding, getting ready for the spawn. This is the pre-spawn now, so. Now I'm making those casts, and now I'm really working that bait hard, working it fast, getting that ba- those reaction strikes, and using that bigger blade is mimicking those um, those larger shad before they start spawning. There's not there's not going to be a lot of small bait fish yet, so that bigger blade really mimics that larger forage that they're eating. Okay. Also, while I'm doing all this. Okay. The the spawn hits. Water temps 55, almost 60 degrees. I'm downsizing my blades. I'm dropping down to about a quarter ounce, so I'm working shallow pockets as well. Now I'm throwing and I'm burning and I'm working and I'm and I'm finding all those little pockets. I'm covering water. Okay. This is where that water temps hit 65. It's rising. I'll start putting on and using multi-willow leaf setups. Um, the What I'll do is I'll use um, ones that have four, four willow leaves on them, where they'll have three, um, and, and really work them a lot, because now the, the shad have spawned already. Um, the shad... Are, are, are smaller. They're great. Great, great little setup. Now I'm really burning it. Now I'm using, now I'm casting and working that bait near the surface. Now I'm working it over that vegetation that has come up, okay, and it's about three feet off the bottom, where I'm putting it right through, right on top of that, that vegetation. I'm ripping it out of there. You know, that, that's, that's the style I'm doing it right now. Summer comes along. Summer doldrums. I start going back. I start going back to a larger blade. I start working deep, wa- working deep water again. Those bass have moved out. Now I'm starting to, to work that setup. Smallmouth. T- this is the smallmouth season for me. I love going after smallmouth this time of year. This is where I'm using, you know, quarter-ounce uh, uh, spinner baits with uh, like a size 4, uh, 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 Colorado blade, small little Colorado setup, and I'm working that bait in the rivers, letting the current work that bait more than I am. It, it's 
it's really, really awesome when you have a really good smallmouth bite on a spinnerbait. Now we're hitting the time of the year. Temps are starting to drop in a lot of places. Those bass are getting more of a uh, uh, pre feed before they they move in, right? Before things really get going. Now the cool thing about it right now in this time of the year is this is when I have the most fun with spinnerbaits. Um, this is when you can really do some damage. They're on the edges of the cover, right on. You, you can almost call them out. You know, you see big, dense, thick cover. You can really work that cover hard. You know, and I'm using, you know, double willow leaves, willow leaf Colorado tandems. Um, you know, and, and using them really, really set up. Really good setup. And I love chatterbaits, y'all. Trust me, I love them. Um, but uh, <laughs> this is a spinnerbait show. Trust me. I feel like I'm cheating on my chatterbaits, which I've thrown a lot this year. But, um, you know, that that's the style that I'm looking at. And then going into, you know, again, go, falling back onto that bigger blade, Colorado's, cooler water, working them slower, stuff like that. Um, so that, that's the basis of that. Now, a few things you need to understand. Um, <laughs> yeah, the cheddar baits, especially that acrobat jig, is 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 uh, stellar. A um, few little tips for for spinner baits as well. Always run a trailing hook. Always, 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 always run a trailing hook. Okay. Um, personally, for me, what I do is we talked about this on the last show. Uh, and Chris pulled it up for me, and I thank you so much. I went out and bought like six bottles. Is liquid um, electrical tape. Another thing Chad showed me, and I love him to death for it. Thanks, Chad. If someone wants to send Chad the link to the show, because I'm giving him mad props. Um, Chad showed me this. And you, all you do is you take the eyelet, and you just dip it in there a few times. And get that, that uh, uh, liquid electrical tape around that eyelet. Instead of using that pain in the but tubing, it's <laughs> so much easier. Um, just take it and you slide it right on after it dries. Beautiful. Works great, allows that bait to swing, and it's stuffed enough that it won't allow it to come off of the hook as well. Um, so, I think we covered that much already. We're going to take a quick break, okay? When we come back... We're going to talk about something I know some of you guys are already dying to know, and you've been going, what have you been doing, man? Why haven't you been talking about it? We're going to talk about it next. Skirts. Skirt color, styles, thing else along with that. All right? And I think Matt might just give away some stuff. I might well give away some stuff, too. How about that? So we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Bull Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality 
period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foregrip, made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Full Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Full Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. Lick 'em lures, y'all. I have been talking about these cats all year. And they have saved me on several occasions. The Tongue Slapper. Guys, get yourself a pack of them. I'm telling you. They look funky. Trust me. But you know what? They catch bass. And they, for all you saltwater guys, they catch redfish. They catch trout. They are a stellar bait. So check them out. Go to LickEmLures.com and pick yourself up a pack. Get the tongue, if you're just starting off, get the regular tongue slapper and smoke, uh, uh, smoke and silver, okay? You will not be disappointed. Lickamlures.com and check them out for yourself. There you go. You are listening to The Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio with your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler. Alright, so I'm going to hand this off to my main man, Mr. Matt, after the music stops. There we go. A little slow fade out. Yeah, a while to fade out. I feel like you're in (laughs) India on the uh, magic carpet ride. (laughs) I I was thinking more of, you know, Floating down, you know, uh, uh, a river in Vietnam or something like that, you know, fishing for snakeheads. That'd be cool. Yeah, that fishing works. for snakeheads with that music in the background. Be like, oh, yeah, busted snakeheads. On giant the jungle fish, river monsters, yeah. right? You need your uh, your your giant Shimano like two fifty reel. What <laughs> 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 your with your tuna ball bearing guide rod? <laughs> yeah. So Matt. I hear you're giving away something. Take it away, man. Well, I was going to give away one Jackson Kayak nice uh, refrigerated koozie for your soda can, but I'm actually going to give away two. So um, all you have to do is call into the show and answer this question, which is, what are Mark's favorite spinner blades that he mentioned on the show earlier? The number is 714-816-816. Four seven two seven. I'll take the calls in order. There you go. While you're at it, okay. Caller number three is going to get a pack of my two favorite spinner bait colors and styles that I use that I'm using right now, right meow, as of right now, that I'm using. Okay? So again, caller 3, 714-816-4727, will get two of the colors that I'm using right now, thanks to huntfishpaddle.com. Alright, so call in, hurry up. Um, okay, let's talk about skirts. Some guys are talking about kilts. <laughs> Ooh! We got callers. Um, some people talk kilts uh, uh, or, or you know, little mini skirts. I'm, I'm partial to the mini skirts. Um, so 
let, let's break this down. Skirt color matters. Okay. When I am um, using or when I get on the water, the first thing I do is I look at the water clarity. That's going to determine the um, skirt color. Okay. That's how I break it down. Muddy water, it's going to be a chartreuse color. Okay. Chartreuse with a little bit of white. Chartreuse with a little touch, a little, little, little something special of um, red a lot of times. Chartreuse and red are deadly. Chartreuse and orange, like the electric chicken, deadly. Um, and I'm talking real muddy water, one foot or less visibility. And that's going to be matched with a, usually an Indiana or Colorado blade. Um, and, and, and really a stellar. Now, with that being said, when I start improving in color, I start moving towards those... Um, hang on one second. I gotta, I gotta do something. Hang on. Uh, when I get that visibility, I start moving towards that um, natural forage color. A little bit of chartreuse and white. But more white, uh, white speckles, okay, white with some, with some uh, black in it. Um, your shad colors, blue and white, blue, all blue, um, blue with a little bit of red in it. Um, I really, really like an all white. It's just a solid color um, as well. White works in, in in dark colors in dark water too, for whatever reason. Um, you know, I'll I'll. I really like, if I get to a lake where it has no shad, which you'll see a lot of in your northern um, northern lakes, you'll see a lot in your Midwestern lakes where they don't have shad, okay, where they have a lot of brim, bluegill, sunfish, stuff like that. For that, I'll start using uh, green pumpkins, watermelon skirts, um, skirts that have you know black and blues in them really are stellar that time of the year. And I use them in, in dark water as well. And usually it's all black. The only spinnerbait color I use at night is black. I don't use white. I don't use anything else. I use black. Please, if you're going to throw spinnerbaits at night, throw black, please. It just creates a better outline to catch those bass. Okay? So, those are the colors that I use. And there are hundreds of, 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 of skirt types I use living rubber. Okay, it for me gives a better pulse, and, and it's just what it looks like. For me as well, I like to see spinner baits that have a double collar on them, meaning as you you can slide a second skirt onto that jig head. Why is that important? That allows me to layer colors. Okay. Or make that bait look more look larger and more bulkier than it actually is. Wintertime, this is when I do it. Nighttime, always have a double. Um, early in the season, I have a double. Or when I need to accent one color. Great example. Um, 
blueback herring. Tons of blueback herring. They're everywhere. I need a color that matches that. What I will do is I'll take one skirt and I'll remove most of the, the skirting material out of it. Usually it's a white with the black flake in it. Okay? Remove most of it so it's real thin. I'll put that on first. The next skirt that goes on is usually a very deep navy or, or a blue, okay, and with a white belly. I'll put that on behind it and leave as much of it or I even add some skirt to it to really bulk it up. What that does is it gives it that blue back herring color where it's got that little dark, little, little white fleckle on the, the outside with that blue or, or navy blue inside. That is stellar. Sometimes I'll, I'll add green to it, especially if you have blue backs that have a lot of uh, a, a greenish hue to the side. Then that lead skirt will have some green in it, some watermelon or uh, chartreuse even, to give it that shad color. That is stuff I do. That makes that bait different and makes it stick out. Next thing I do is I really love having that trailing style. You see it with striking and Booyah a lot. Where they have just a handful of strands, longer strands, sticking out the back end to cover up that um, uh, trailer hook. I really like that. It really defines that bait um, and, and, and helps to cover up that hook if they're hook shy. That hook might be too shiny. Um, I don't like red hooks. It's just me. Anyway, um, really is, is a way to go. One thing I do do is when I, I'm using that bulkier style, I don't like if I'm not using the, the trailing um, that, that trailing uh, uh, strands. As I see a lot of guys, they take the, the skirt and they trim it straight. I don't like doing that. It just doesn't look right to me. What I do do is if I've got enough strands taken out the back, is I'll grip them down and I'll make angled cuts. Okay? What that does now is makes it makes it bulge and then thin out just like a shad will. It gives it that shad pronounced um, like rocket shape, bulbous head with you know a tr- you know thin trail uh, thin thinner body thinning out in the back. Little it's it's, it's a great little trick I use. Um, you know skirt colors are entirely up to you. Find the one that works for you. And, and work them out. Yes, yeah, spinner baits in winter. Okay, Let, let's talk about that for a second. Jigs are the old standby with wintertime fishing, along with jerk baits and a lot of other things. Um, but a co- a big Colorado blade. Uh. Yeah, I did a yeah, did the I'm actually going to do some more uh stuff for you there Tommy on YouTube. Um a big Colorado blade, okay? Match that up with um usually that time of the year I like a crappie color. So white white with black flake, that's matching the crappie. I have a lot of crappie here, that's why. White with black flake add some green strands to it. There Sean, and that's going to give you the crappie color, okay? A lot of crappie in the winter time. Bass migrate with the crappie as well. All right, and the crappie usually spawn before the bass will. Little 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 knowledge for you. Okay, 
<laughs> cool. Um, but using that spinner bait, you can work it at a decent clip. You'll be surprised how fast you can run it on the bottom and still catch bass. Okay, you can cover water and find the school with the spinner bait, then go in and start hitting them um, with the. Sean, I'm talking all winter, bud. All winter. All winter. I really believe that spinnerbaits, crankbaits, you can run crankbaits and spinnerbaits through the wintertime as well. Okay? Um, sorry, bro, lost my train of thought. Sent, was just sent a message. Um, but yeah, using that, that, that those baits, you don't have to, winter time, please understand, is there's two winter times per year for bass. And I fish in the same way. Right now in the summer doldrums, right, those bass are in those deeper holes. They're using the thermoclines. They're, they're rising and falling. Okay? They're on those offshore humps. That's all that they're doing. Right? Same thing with the crappie. Follow the crappie, which are a big forage for bass, especially in the summer and winter. Okay? Along with the shad. But, using that spinnerbait, you can cover water the same way you do right now. That makes any sense. Trust me, I love throwing jigs in the wintertime. But, try a spinnerbait. Try a big Colorado bladed spinnerbait. Um... Oh, who makes that one? War Eagle. And War Eagle can be found at uh, huntfishpaddle.com. Give them a call. Okay? They have a spinner bait that has a big Colorado blade. And I'm trying to find it. Hang on, buddy. Uh, the, the exact size is, or the exact number. Um, but take that Colorado... Take that big Colorado blade, bladed spinnerbait, get the chartreuse and white. Okay? That chartreuse and white is going to be stellar. Use a half or three-quarter ounce. Preferably for me, it's a three-quarter. Okay? Super, super long cast. Alright? And work it. You know, you want to make a revolution about every one second. So, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003 to get that bait to move through there. If you're hitting bottom, um, drop down to a half ounce, okay, until they start hitting it. All right, I'm telling you, man, try it this winter. Unless you're Chris Carlisle, who, you know, probably in the next week or two is going to have about three feet of snow on the ground. <laughs> um, you can't really do that. But, yeah. Definitely, definitely worth trying, man. Um, War Eagles make some great baits as well. Um, so we got some winners, Mark. Okay. Shout them out. All right. Um, our first caller was was Tommy Head Jigs, who won a uh, Jackson Kayak uh, beer koozie. And our second caller was Chris Carlisle, who also won a Jackson Kayak beer koozie. And our third caller was Tommy Head Jigs again, <laughs> who won the grand prize. Cool. <laughs> so we hey, we hey, got you know we got Tommy Head on the line here, and uh, we'll yeah. bring him in for a minute or two. What's up, Tommy? 
congratulations. Hey, what's up, Mark? Hey, thanks. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Tommy? Not much. <laughs> I told Matt I was going to hang up, see if I can be number three. There you go. Um, he got in there. Where are my jigs, man? There you go. Hey, I'm making them. Okay, cool. Um, folks, this is, if you don't know who this is, again, it's Tommy Head Jigs, one of the, one of my personal sponsors and good friends. Um, I'm telling you guys, try them. Try them. Definitely worth it. Um, so what you got, man? What do I got? Yeah, what do you, what's going on? What do I got? Let's see. Next month I'm getting, uh... G O N George Outdoor News. They uh they're gonna do videoing of me uh making the jigs. Nice. Gonna be on their web page and and right now the pink pepper's hot here in the south. It's a really hot color. Yeah, you know that, and I think that's because the that's that worm hatch is starting to happen. We've had a lot of yep. uh, worm hatches here where that. Pink with a uh, uh, bubble gum or ox blood colored uh, finesse has been really good. Hey Tommy, you gotta turn that to your radio, buddy. It's not my radio; it's my computer. Oh, your speakers. Oh, you're on kayak you fishing radio, down. right? Hey, and you know it's uh, kayak fishing radio. It's uh, it's on the blog site. It's uh, old PC. And yes, Chris, I do sound horrible. <laughs> Chris is just upset he didn't win the grand prize. See, if he had quick dialing fingers, he could have got on there. <laughs> well, all I can say is that I'm, each month I am doing a special color. Okay. This month is watermelon. Next month, I believe, is pink pepper. October, I believe, is pumpkin. Oh, that pumpkin. Expect another big order, dude. I love my pumpkin colors. Love them. I thought pink pepper was hot this month. Now, this is, pink pepper's hot. What we did is we went by the uh, gems of the month or birthstones, and these are ones that we closely relate to. So oh, okay. once a month, I will have a different color. Oh, there's actually an art behind this. I, I didn't expect that. I just figured it was what you felt like running that month. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, when my wife got involved in it, it became even you know it became special. Very nice. Yeah, and I mean the shirts for kayakers, uh, they're going pretty good right now. Cool. How's the How's the Cuda? The Cuda, I love it. Nice. Yeah. Now, if awesome. I sell my bass boat, if I could sell the bass boat, I'd be really happy. Uh, but, you know, I'm saving for it. I'm saving. Uh, I did qualify for the state championship. Cool. Which is a $35,000 bass tournament. Nice. Awesome. Cool, man. Cool. So, so with that, that being... well, congratulations, buddy. Thanks yeah, a lot. Man. Thanks a lot. New work hours. I so I can listen to you guys now on Wednesdays. I work Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I'm off uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Excellent. Oh, that's awesome. 
<laughs> cool, this, buddy. This week here, this week with the holiday is five days off. Oh, man, I'm loving this. <laughs> you get a lot of fishing in. A lot of jig head yeah. making and a lot of fishing. <laughs> I'm gonna get uh, Mark. Mark put in, put in a pretty good order, so I'm yeah. gonna get his stuff done tomorrow. Cool. I got a tournament, not this weekend, but next weekend. I'm definitely gonna need them. So what happened with the ABA? I thought you qualified for the uh, for their championship. I did. I did. I qualified for the regional championships, and um, unfortunately, due to my um, unexpected circumstances. Uh, with the uh, the Navy and my wife, um, I would not be able to attend. Um, so, kind of a disappointment, but I have got the hominis dominus from the wife. So next year, it's I'll be fishing three series. It's going to be the ABA. I'm going to fish the uh, BFLs. FLW as well as the local Rayovacs. Apparently next year there's going to be about five within 500 miles of here. Uh, Smith Mountain, Potomac, um, High Rock, and Lake Norman. So that's going to be a um, a, a great little setup for next year. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to be a fishing fiend. I heard that. So, all right, man. Thanks for calling right, in. Congratulations on winning finally. Yeah, it's right. time, ain't it? I know, right? I know. So, yeah. God bless, uh, Tommy. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye, man. All right, folks. That was Tommy with Tommy Head Jigs. Uh, check him out at TommyHeadJigs.com. Remember, buy two packs of the watermelon this month and get a Pack free. Um, that's a good deal. That is a very good deal. Yeah. Now let's. It's a we've five got, pack too. So. Yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, I put in an order that I got to bust out its, its own separate Plano box. <laughs> um, but now let's, let's talk about real fast how to work a spinner bait. Listen, when you throw a spinner bait out and you just reel it in. Yes, you will catch bass, but you won't catch a lot of them. If you're looking for lots and lots and lots of bass, this is what you're going to do. Don't be afraid to throw that bait into cover. That's the first thing. Bounce it up. Think of crankbaits, right? We talk about crankbait fishing. We talk about deflection. Okay, we talk about erratic movements. Okay, with the spinner bait, you need to do the same thing. I throw them in the thickets and cover. Okay, with that single hook, as long as you're not, you know, ganking it all crazy like, it'll come right out of that cover and work fine. If you're in open water or you're working stumps, I'm, about, I'm taking my line and actually using it to roll that bait around the stumps in open water. Okay, this is my cadence usually is I'm reeling, and I'm stopping and pausing. Literally, it's reel, pause, begin. Okay? And what that's doing is, and it's very important, is what that's, what that's doing is, is it's stopping that bait, that skirt is flaring, and those blades are dropping. When you kick that, when you 
speed, when you crank again, what's happening is those blades are now clacking together. Okay? You want that clack. It's, it's, it's stellar. It, it, it gives it that, that, that different. It, it makes it look like the, the, the bait school, like every other shad bait school, because that's what you're imitating is a bait school, is actually now changing direction. Or Watch a bait school. Just watch it. You'll see it. It, it moves, stops, and kind of turns, and moves, and stops, and changes direction, or just moves and stops, moves and stops. And that's what you're Im- imitating. All right. Stop, pause, pause, stop, pause, stop, pause, stop, pause, stop. Okay. All the way through there. Snap that rod tip. One of my favorite things is to take it while I'm reeling, pause, and snap the rod tip vertically. Make that bait whole thing come towards the surface like a shad, shad school will. It'll rise, to, rise up if there's something near it. It'll create that reaction strike. Trust me, working a bait like that, pause, stop, pause, you know, real stop, real stop, speed up real fast, five or six cranks, just burn it, ah! make that whole thing kind of rotate like a, a school wheel sometimes, let it re, you know, realign itself, crank it again, be erratic, okay, <clears throat> you know, this is the time to be a spaz, <laughs> okay, I, I, and, and, and being all serious, you know, being being a spaz is, is is where you need to be at this point. Pause, stop, reel, snap, sweep the rod, maybe. Uh, sweeping the rod in the wintertime, like a, like a Carolina rig, is stellar, man. Some nice sweeps. Where, especially that Colorado, because it's going to rise. You're going to pause while you're reeling. Rise and slow. Rise, yo-yo it back in. Excuse me. Um, now, where do you fish a, a spinnerbait this time of the year? If you're going to go out this weekend and fish, this is what I would do. Quarter ounce, double willow leaf. Okay. Hang on one second. I've got to get this out of my head. Blade colors. Okay. Match the blade color to the cloud cover. Meaning... If you can see the sun, the sun is yellow, so go with gold. Okay? If it's cloudy, go with silver. And take everything I just said and throw it out the door. It really, in my mind, don't really matter. Um, I use silver a lot. I use gold a lot. Some days I'll throw both styles and still catch bass. Just always interchange blades. And that, that's where having a Barlow's or a Jans, where you can go in. I'm, uh, let's see here. Um, there we go. Will leaf spinner blades. Okay. And um, for a pack of hundred. Okay. And we'll go with uh, size three, which is your your average. Um, for size three, for hundred of them is twelve dollars. Okay. You can buy packs of 25 um, for even the largest ones are only 5 bucks. Okay. I always keep extra blades, so that's why I'm not cha- actually cutting and tying. It takes a second to change out those blades until you find what you're looking for, what the bass are looking for. Okay. It's as simple as that. Um, now, you're, 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 this time of the year I'm using double willow leaves. 
and I'm burning it, right? I want to see that bait in the water the whole retrieve in, okay? So when I make my cast, I'm not lobbing it in. I'm going to do an under, under roll, real subtle, drop into the water. I'm not trying to get it to splash. Sometimes the splash is great, but you just kind of drop it in. The, as it, right as you, as you see that bait buried into the water, engage that reel and start reeling. You're going to get that slack out of there, so the moment it hits, it's moving. Okay? This is two things. One, if you're pounding the, 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 the shoreline, a lot of times, you'll have bites the moment it hits the water. Those bass, I, I, I'm, I swear, they see it coming in the air, it lands in front of them, and they eat it. And if you're, you've got a big bow in your line, you're not going to be able to catch up to them. Okay? That's my thing. Underhand roll cast, and I, can, I can toss it 30 yards plus with a good roll cast. But the moment it hits the water, I'm reeling. Okay? And I'm going to use my rod tip, depending on how fast I'm reeling, to keep that bait where I can see it. Usually, it's about a six inches underneath the surface, maybe more, maybe less, depending on the rod tip. When it's really far away from me, that rod tip's up and high, okay, to keep that, that bait up if I'm cranking it slow. If I'm burning it, I'll drop that rod tip a little bit, keep it just underneath the surface, okay, and using that rod to dictate the depth of that bait. When that bass eats it, okay, the one thing I'm going to tell you, when that bass eats it, go, oh, that's all you do, go, Oh, then set the hook, okay? Or go bass, set the hook. Given that 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 second where you go bass, reel, and what you're gonna do is a 45 degree angle hook set. Do not sweep. Do not go straight up and down. Go 45. Okay, you want to bring your thumb. Your if because if Let's say you're cranking with the right hand. Your left hand's holding the reel, right? He eats it. Crank. When that rod starts to, to, to feel heavy, set the hook and bring your thumb to your opposite shoulder. Left hand, right shoulder, right hand, left shoulder. Okay? Cranking the whole time. Okay? Reason is, is because that wire's in the way. If you go straight up, that wire's going to bend down and keep that hook point from catching. If you sweep it, that bait, okay, coming out the side of his mouth, you have the wire in the way again. But if you come up at a 45, it's going to make that bait roll, come up the top of his mouth, all right, and catch him right on the top, because now that hook, is that wire is being pushed away and allowing that hook to catch it. It sounds scientific, and it is. I spent mucho many days sitting there doing that, testing the hook sets. And I actually have it logged. I'm looking at my log right now from, from when I did it. It took me a month. Okay. Vertical hook sets. Out of uh, 175 bites, I hooked 82. Sweep. Out of the um, 104, I had 50 hooks. Hooks, you know, hooks, you know, getting them. When I did the 45 with the crank while cranking it in, okay, out of the 130 able to land, okay, 
110. That tells you something. That tells you that that's the hook set. Okay, don't don't stop reeling. But you reel and shoulder. Reel and shoulder. Not straight up, not to the side. Shoulder. All right? And don't stop reeling until he's got it. Meaning he you'd spend 10 seconds of that fight. All right? Simple, easy. Everyone like that? Everyone kind of has any questions? Please, remember, we've got a few minutes. Go ahead, throw your questions up on the, the page, on the chat room, and uh, we will uh, answer them. Yeah. So, if you have any questions, folks... I just, they're all sitting over there, information, stomaching. Oh, yeah. Chewing. Yeah. Chew, chew on that. <laughs> um, please, if you have any questions at all, find me on Facebook. I'm Mark Landing Crew Wheeler. Send me a message. Send me whatever. Okay? I will answer them. Trust me. Anyone who has ever asked me a question, I have answered. Okay? So, please... Go check them out. Uh, uh, send me messages. Send me questions. It could be about spinner baits, chatter baits. It could be about anything. Please, please, please ask. Oh, one last. Hey, do thing. you ever use more than two blades on your uh, spinner bait? Oh yes, uh, I've got some that I've made that have. Uh, I think I've got one that's got six on it. Um, six. Yeah, it's it's real small because I was fishing a um, uh, Kerr Reservoir. No, it was Blake Gaston. Excuse me. Gaston had a big shad spawn. There was a ton of baby shad in the water. And we're talking inch, inch and a half shad, and that's what the bass were eating. And they were in these... Um, and, and Oh, thanks, Tommy. Dude, I love you to death, man. Um, and they were eating the, the, the small little schools of shad. And I'd see them in the water. The school sh- shad would go by and bam, he'd eat them. So I switched. So I actually, it was a two-day tournament. The first day I did pretty well. I think I had like 15 pounds. Came in the next day, and I was six places out from from first. Oh, excuse me, I was six places out from from getting a check. And uh, I went in, and in the in the in the hotel room, I I always carry too much stuff, and I was actually carrying a jig, a do-it mold, um, an extra wire. And made a bunch of of spinner baits in my hotel room, and I put a bunch of blades on there. These little itty bitty uh, half inch to an inch blades, and cool. went out there, and you know I caught 19 pounds, which put me in uh, eighth place at the end of the tournament. Brought brought home a check. So, Do you ever, um, uh, put hooks on the top where the blade goes? No. I don't. Um, reason is, is it inhibits the spin, and it just really is hard to. Um, it's really hard to get a hook set on them. Plus, it turns into an issue because now when that blade is sticking out and that hook, you get a lot of eye hooks and stuff like that. It's just not good. Um, I, got I really like hammer blades in the winter time. They add an extra little pulse. Or if you look around and everyone's using a smooth blade. There, Sean, I'll use a hammered blade. Add that little something different. And, you, you know, this is your first time listening to low sodium. You hear me say this a lot. Find the different. Be the different. Okay? Great thing about fishing out of a kayak, okay, 
is if you will realize that when you're fishing a spinnerbait, the spinnerbait um, will actually pull you. So if you're fishing an area where you're working through treetops, you know, just a big tree area, you know, lots of, of wood, you never have to put your paddle in the water. You can cast and pull yourself through the um, through the trees and everything. Really is effective. It's how I do it. I can work a whole shoreline, a whole lake, with never putting my paddle in the water by just using that spinnerbait to guide me and work that area. Um, yeah, adding uh, the rattles, definitely. The jig rattles works great. Um, the hammered, okay. That hammering, some people say it reflects more light. I don't know. Um, I've seen guys that have hammered styles that actually have um, little uh, crystals on them, little mirrors, little pieces of glass on them that they glued on to reflect light. Yeah, the blade should be nice enough that it shouldn't need that. What I think it does more than anything is those ripples create more of a turbulence when that blade is spinning, when it's breaking through the water. And actually, most hammered blades, when I work them towards the surface, and I'm and I'm working them, actually create a better bubble trail than anything else. Um, and and really are stellar. Painted blades, chartreuse painted blade in muddy water is excellent. Um, uh, it doesn't shine, but what it does is is it creates a better silhouette, and it's really really stellar. Um, you know, I. I kind of stay away from like the the, the shad or the, the the actual like really detailed ones because um, it's the painted ones. Just I don't know, it's just not my style. Uh, granted, do I have them? Yes. Do I use them? Of course. Do I catch bass on them? Yes. But for my money, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a um, a shiny blade. Now, how to get more shine out of your blade? Okay, if it's not corroded too bad, and how to you know because if it gets you know gets smudgy or you get stuff on it, how to clean those blades? And it's as simple as a ketchup packet from McDonald's. Okay. All you're going to do is take some of that ketchup, put it on the blade, rub it in a little bit, and just let it sit there for five minutes. Then go in with a with the, uh, cloth, clean it off, okay, and buff it. The acids in the ketchup break down any uh, uh, malformity, okay, that might be on that blade. Um, I don't dip them in Julie cleaner because then it's got that that chemical on it. Um, and acid again, it's a chemical. I'd rather use something that I've got. Plus, if I'm if I'm on the kayak, I've got you know ketchup packets small. I can keep it in the back. You know, I keep it in my pocket or whatever. Little squeeze. I can work on my blades that that fast. Um, if you're on a big boat, yes, yes, definitely. Um, uh, uh, you know, have some Julie cleaner. You know, take, steal from your wife. You know, dip it in some Julie cleaner, you know, buff it out, and you'll be golden. Um, but for a quick fix, um, yeah. Oh, vinegar, yeah. You know, if you want to dip it in some, uh, you know, malt vinegar, you know, go right ahead. Uh, Tabasco, again, it's that acid which makes, which helps get rid, get rid of that corrosion. As long as it's not too bad. Not malt liquor. They're a Jersey boy. Um but uh but yeah that's uh that's a little tip um oh one last thing if you're going to use scent coke yes 
you know, put it on my. I drink the Coke, so I don't want to put my blades in it. Um, anything that 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 helps get rid of corrosion. Brasso works great. Um, but if you're going to use scent on a spinner bait, spinner bait, or if you use a plastic trailer, okay, I've got two minutes. Break out plastic trailers real fast. I use flukes, or I'll use swim bait trailers, okay, on my spinner baits. What I do is I take the, the swim bait or, or fluke. We'll say it's a, a super fluke, right? I take the, the head of the bait and I lay it next to the jig head, same way I would if I was going to uh, rig it that way. I'm going to take the trailer and I'm going to place it where the trailer would normally sit on that bait. I know I've got 90 seconds. Knock it off, woman. It's uh, the queen. Okay, I'm going to lay it next to it. What I'm going to do is actually run that hook on that trailer all the way through. That's soft plastic. I'm going to take the, the eye and just lay and make sure that eye, that hook, that trailer hook is laying just on top of the bait. Okay? I'm then going to run that trailer like I normally would and then bring or run that soft plastic through. Knock that hook on there. I know I've got 60 seconds. Knock that hook on there. Bring it down. And now I've got a trailer with the, with the uh, uh, setup on it. Whew. All right. I'm going to have that in a video coming up here soon. So stay tuned for that. With that being said, thank you, Matt, for showing up and being my co-host. Thank you, buddy. We've got only a yeah, few no problem. Check out the plastichall.net for my blog updates. Okay, cool. Um, thank you, Orca Coolers, Bull Bay Rods, Lick'em Lures, Tommy Head Jigs, um, HuntFishPaddle.com, Jackson and Jackson Kayak. Thank you so much. With that being said, folks, get out this weekend. Take a kid out in the outdoors. They never make a true memories sit in front of a TV. If you get out this weekend in a kayak or on a boat or whatever, always wear your PFD. It does you no good if it's going away and you're sinking. It does you no good. And remember, if you get out there fishing, fortune favors the bold. And to get you a fish, oh man, oh yeah, we did it, baby, before she called me out. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. See you next time on the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network, with one second to spare. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.